Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen, amen, amen. Good morning and praise the Lord to everyone. Hopefully everyone is having a great time in the Lord. Amen. It's, uh, the temperature is changing. You can tell uh, winter is close. Amen. The leaves not sort of fall yet, but soon they're going to be falling. Amen. But we're so glad to have everyone here this morning to praise God with us, to worship the Lord with us. Another beautiful day to be alive and well, knowing that we're serving a God that is a great and a mighty God. Oh, God is the one that created us. He's the one that sustained us and he's the one that gave us life. Amen. You know, I just want to echo something. I was here briefly for prayer yesterday evening and pastor was saying just before he prayed that um, how much impact. Or who are we impacting? And sometimes we don't know, you know, the example we're setting. And while I was there praying, you know, the thought that came to me was, I need to have a theme. Every week I need to have a theme. Who am I going to be impacting this week? Am I going to be impacting someone when I'm driving? Am I going to give that person the wrong attitude? Because I'm trying to switch lane and then put my indicator on. Am I going to cut somebody off? Am I setting a good example? The Bible said, let our light so shine before God or before men that God will see the good works or men will see the good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. We're serving a risen Savior. He died for us. He died for all of us. He loved us so much. Amen. So, we thank you for tuning in with us this morning, those that are watching us uh, via, you know, whatever media system, streaming system, Facebook, YouTube, website, in-person services. We welcome everyone, and I pray God, God will continue to bless us. Amen. We're going to ask you to pray with us this morning, that and help us, that whatever we're doing, help us to be an example, that God will help us to be you know, impactful in everything that we do. Amen. Pray with us this morning that the Lord will bless our service and that whatever will be said and done today will be done to the glory and to the Father of His name. Amen. Father God, we love you, Lord. How much we adore you. How much we give you all the glory and all the honor, Lord God. We thank you for this day that you have made, O oh God. We want to rejoice and be glad in it, O oh God. We ask, dear God, that you may forgive us, O oh God, for every sins, all the things that we have done in your sight, knowingly and unknowingly, Lord God. We ask, dear God, that you will cleanse us from all unrighteousness, cleanse us from all filthiness, O oh God. Purge us with isop, wash us and help us to be whiter than snow, creating us, O oh God, a clean heart. And renew a right spirit within us, O oh God. Father God, as we pray this morning, we ask you, Lord God, that you will help us, Lord God, to be examples in everything that we do, Lord God. Lord God, help us, Lord God, to let our light so shine before men that they will see the good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. Lord God, we ask you, Lord God, that you will speak to our hearts, O oh God. Speak to our minds, O oh God. I pray, Lord God, that you will help us to 
to be impactful in everything that we do, Lord God. The things that we say, Lord God. The things that we do, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, that you will direct our steps and that you will direct our path, O God. Father God, as we bring the service to you this morning, O God, we thank you, Lord God, for what you've done in our earlier service this morning. And pray, God, O God, for the service this morning, that you will move mightily, move in a miraculous way this morning in the service, Lord God. Let there be anointing upon all praise singers, O God, like never before, Lord God. Let there be anointing, O God, and a divine move, O God, upon our pastor this morning as he preach, O God. Pray, Lord God, for every person that is here, oh God, this morning, that you will touch them individually and collectively, Lord God. Father God, as we pray, Lord God, we pray, oh God, for those that are watching us, oh God, via, oh God, over the web stream this morning, that you will bless them, that you will touch them, oh God. Oh God, I pray and ask you to continue to sustain us, oh God. Continue to keep us, oh God. Help us, Lord God, to continue to serve you with all our heart, oh God. Help us to show love to others, O oh God. Father God, for you die for us, O oh God. You give your life for us because you love us, O oh God. And truly, God, we want to love everybody. Those that we come in contact with and those that we don't come in contact with. Help us, Lord God, to develop, O oh God, a love, O oh God, and caring for everyone like never before, Lord God. Father God, we ask you, O oh God, that you will move upon us like never before. And help us, Lord God, that you will continue to send us souls from the east, the west, the north, and the south, oh God. Father God, we ask you, Lord God, that you continue to open up doors like never before, oh God, as we give you all the glory. Lord God, as we give you all the honor, and as we thank you, Lord God, for what you're about to do in this hour, Lord God. Have your way among us this morning, oh God, for we know it's not by might, not by power, oh God, but we know it's by your spirit, thus said the Lord. Oh God, move upon us like never before, oh God, and as we give you all the glory, Lord God, as we give you all the honor, oh God, we want to say thanks, oh God. Oh God, we want to say thanks for all the things that, oh God, you have done. Things so undeserved, oh God. Oh God, we love you. Oh God, we adore you. Oh God, we magnify your name. Oh God, we glorify your name. For the name of the Lord is a strong and mighty oh, power. Oh God, we're so glad that we know you for ourselves, oh God. We're so glad, oh God, that we have repented of our sin and we have get baptized in Jesus' name. Oh God, help us to call upon your name in the good times and in the bad times. Help us, Lord God, to serve you with all our hearts and all our minds, oh God. Oh God, we love you this morning. Oh God, we adore you. Oh God, we worship you this morning because you alone, oh God, you alone, oh God, are worthy to be praised. Have your way among us this morning. Oh God, we need to feel your power, Lord God. We need to feel your presence like never before, oh God. I pray, oh God, and ask you, Lord God, that you will speak to our hearts, oh God. Speak to our minds this morning as we give you all the glory. Lord God, as we give you all the honor, we say thanks in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, let's just give the Lord a round of applause this morning. Let's just praise Him this morning for His goodness. Let's just praise Him because He wake us up this morning. Let's just praise Him, oh God, because He has placed us in our right mind. Amen. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, God, we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, God. Amen. 
We're here to worship and magnify the name of Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Worship with us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Coming on the clouds, kings and kingdoms will bow down. And every chain will break as broken hearts declare his praise. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles, and every knee will bow before you. Yes, Lord. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chain. Every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Oh, yes, hallelujah, Jesus. So open up, so open up the gate. Make way, make way before the King of Kings. Our God who calls, our God who calls to save, is here to set the captives free. Who can stop the who Lord? Can stop the Lord Almighty. Our God, our, our God, God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battle. Without me, before you, our God, our God is the Lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. His blood breaks the chain. Every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. the Lord Almighty, help me say, who can stop the Lord Almighty, who can stop, who can stop the Lord Almighty, hallelujah Jesus, who can stop the Lord Almighty, who can stop the Lord Almighty, who can stop the Lord Before the lion and the lamb, oh, every knee 
Let your voice and sing.
Beautiful. 
Somebody make it personal this morning. So beautiful. Hallelujah. I fix my eyes. I fix my eyes on you. You're beautiful, Jesus. You're
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, let's just praise him one more time. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. With just one look, with just one look, something is happening in this place this morning. I didn't get a chance to tell the praise singers this morning because the service was just so powerful. But I want you all to know that I appreciate you because you ministered to us. You were ministering to Jesus. But when you minister to Jesus, it flows over upon the people that are in the presence, that are in the place. And you minister to the Lord as you worship him in songs this morning. And it just flowed over to us. And we'll never be the same. We're captivated. We thank you, Lord. You ministered this morning. Thank you, Jesus. That song is just so powerful. You know, sometimes you don't have the words to say anymore. You don't, you don't know what to say anymore. But you just, you just get in his presence and you just sit there. Or you just stand there. Or you just kneel there. Or you just lay there. I just want to be in his presence and sometimes you just be in his presence and you don't know what to pray. You don't want to know what to say and you just get right there just in his presence and say, Jesus, I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to pray. I don't know what else to do, but I'm here, almighty God. I'm here. And you just sit there and then he just look at you one more time and that look in the face of the Lord, it says everything. Just one look when he was on Calvary, when he when he was in the garden and he prayed and the pain and he became overwhelmed. It was that one look. He looked at you. He looked at me and he says, I'm doing it for them. I'm doing it for them. I'm doing it for them. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you have a prayer request this morning, I want you to just slip your hand up just by signal. 
of the hand raised to say you have a prayer request that you want God to meet and we'll pray together touching and agreeing for God's will to be done. Amen. God showed up in a mighty way as we prayed yesterday. We asked him to show up and show out and he certainly did. And he's still showing up here this morning at the second service and we thank God for his goodness. We're going to pray together. I feel you this morning. Whatever you are desiring of the Lord, we're praying this morning for the Lord's will to be done. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for showing up in a way where, God, we can know that you're here with us. We can sense it, Lord God. We can, oh God, experience it. And we're thankful, Lord God. What you have done here and continue to do here this morning is just supernaturally and divine, powerful, Lord God. And we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We're in awe of you. And we humble ourselves at your feet this morning. And we ask that you do whatever you will this morning, oh God. Lord, we pray and ask that you will hear our cry this morning as we touch and agree, Lord God. You know the need. You know the circumstances that we're all in, Lord God. You know what we're up against, Lord God. You know the people of whom we're praying for, Lord God. And I touch and agree with my brothers. I touch and agree with my sisters that the need, that the request that they have, Lord God, it will be exceed, Lord God, because you, oh God, will do a great work, will do a mighty work, uh, that you'll show your hand, uh, oh God, to be strong, and I touch and agree with them uh, this morning, uh, if it's sickness, let it be so, where healing uh, will take place, uh, if it's financial blessing, let it be so, uh, and they will have provision, Lord, uh, if it's healing, Lord God, uh, let it be so, that they will be whole, uh, if it's salvation, Lord God, uh, let it be so, that they will be saved, that their loved ones will be saved, oh God, if it's growth, in you, spiritual growth, let it be so, Lord God. If it's deliverance, let it be so. For we touch and agree this morning that thy kingdom come and thy will be done. Have your way, O great God, as we pray and we ask you these things. We pray in Jesus' name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Clap your hands unto the Lord and just thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We want Brother Tom to come. He is going to uh, make us aware of some of the things that, that are going on. Thank you. Good morning, church. Good morning. The things I'm about to share with you are announcements. But they're more than that. These things I'm going to share are opportunities for you to put into action the love that you were experiencing with Jesus. These are things that you can do to make a contribution to this community and for his will, his kingdom, our kingdom he's taken us with. Just a thought for the day. Um, the next outreach that we're going to have is going to be next Saturday, the 26th. We would love to have you join us to, to go out into the community and um, share uh, the opportunity for them to come here. Um, we are going to have a community week of fasting. So think of that through. October uh, the 4th, which is a Sunday through the 10th, uh, we are going to um, have a community week of fasting. The purpose is, is that we are all talking about trying to have a permanent location. We're all talking about the Lord releasing of the church building to us. 
However, it's in his will and it's in his time. And so we're simply going to fast to be able to um, understand that and, and, and let the Lord know that what we want to do is something for the community, not just so we have a nice place to be. Next family Zoom meeting. We've been doing that monthly. The family Zoom meeting is going to be on Tuesday the 13th. That's October the 13th. And that's at 7 o'clock. More details to follow. Um, one of the things that took place um, in the past couple of months, uh, I guess about a month ago, um, Brother Scarlett was uh, elevated to be the um, uh, multicultural director for the district. And that's a pretty significant uh, uh, opportunity. Uh, and so <laughs> congratulations. I, I've never actually said that. Congratulations. <laughs> um, we do a very big event every year. Uh, it's called um, All Nations Sunday. We have something really super special planned. I'm not even going to reveal it because it's really kind of cool. Um, but what we'd like you to do is attend. Come um, on Zoom. Um, come on uh, the different ways that we, uh, that we offer electronically. Come here inside the building. Um, bring your friends. Uh, it's going to be a really neat opportunity to do, to do this with Brother Scarlett and um, for our district. And uh, CSTI, the, the, the school that we have that uh, we, we study more, it's sort of like a Bible study, but it's offered by a, a college. Um, where we start today. The new trimester um, starts today. Those who uh, may have not heard this before, who are interested today, speak to me before service is over with or text me um, if uh, you're not present today. The final thing I want to say is that we had um, a really special day at the beginning of the week. Uh, we had our Sheaves for Christ uh, fun drive. Our pastor's going to share some more information about that. Uh, it was a great, uh, when, when it was brought up, I was like, what's a virtual walk? <laughs> it ended up being one of the funnest things I've done all, all week, all, all month. Thank you. Have a great day. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Virtual walk. Sheaves for Christ. Amen. We thank God for, that was a successful event. We raised $2,200, over $2,200 for missionaries, people that are carrying the gospel overseas. Until you are willing to sacrifice your life to say, God, use me, send me where you want me to, I think it's only right that whenever we get a chance to give to the missionaries that we do, I, every time I, I meet a missionary, I feel so insignificant. Because what they do, I've sp spoken to so many of them over the years, uh, they're like you and I. And they have their homes, they have their cars, they have their children, you know, they have their life going. And you know what they do? They sell their homes. Sometimes they sell it and then buy themselves a little um, trailer or whatever um, um, to keep um, a Winnebago, so, sorry, and, and or an Airstream if you get a nice one, and drive throughout the country and what we call deputized. They go to different areas of the uh, nation and they will minister in churches. Churches will give them a love offering. And when they're done doing that, then they sell their Winnebago or their Airstream or whatever, sell that and take their children and fly to a place that they don't know. And they go there and they live there and they begin to operate like they've always been there. They have to love the community. They have to blend in the community. And they start at that place to start a church. 
who, who, who in here are doing that? Quiet. And so whenever you hear the word missionaries and you can contribute, please do. Because what we're saying is we support the work of God where we can't go. Amen. And so she's for Christ uh, funding. When we raise an offering for she's for Christ, a lot of it goes towards helping missionaries overseas. And so the churches all around our nation um, went out and um, raised funds um, so they can support missionaries. So we, we raised $2,240, and that was fantastic, and you did great church. But we did it through our virtual walk that Brother Isaiah and Sister Crystal um, came up with the virtual walk. They thought it was a great idea, and it certainly was. And we were able to do our walk and to be able to, um, you know, raise an offering. And so what we started out by saying, Sister Monroe, is that we were going to walk, do a virtual walk. And we were supposed to walk 4.5 kilometers or 4 kilometers, whatever it was. Three miles. Kilometers are less than miles, so it's about the same. But anyway, we were supposed to be walking, right? And I went, it looked like I went about second in, in, the, whole, in the whole lineup. Second. Because, you know, you, it's, they have flex time, right? And so I started out and I did my walk, Brother D. Let me talk to Brother D. I'm not talking to you. Brother D, I started out with my walk. You know, of course, doing my walk. And I know I walked pretty fast, and I killed it. So the virtual walk um, app that we use say, you're in now in first place. I said, woo, I'm in first place. So I asked the people that planned. Now they're the people. No longer the um, Haskers. They're the people that planned the event. And so I text the people that planned the event and says, hey, did you see on the app, who was in first place? They said, oh, yeah, we saw. And so I'm all smiles. Then I start seeing different messages going back and forth about, you know, who was getting ready to walk. People start training. You know, Ethan started working out. All of a sudden, I'm like, I thought we were, like, walking. Now they're asking whose time is going to be the best time. And I'm like, I thought we were walking. So we know if we ran, nobody was going to beat Matthew. And so Matthew ran. So now I'm no longer in first place because Matthew ran. I didn't run. So Matthew in first place. So I think everybody kind of conceded to Matthew because they kind of knew Matthew was a runner and they were like, we're not beating him. So everybody started trying to get second place. You see that picture? Isaiah was trying to beat Matthew in his mind, but he knew he wasn't going to beat him. And so he put everything he could in it and almost died. His, his wife sent the picture like, look, boy almost died trying to beat Matthew. But then Josiah in college training because he was training the whole summer because of basketball and all that stuff. And so. Josiah went. Didn't he dust Isaiah too? Yeah, Josiah dust Isaiah. So now Isaiah is in third place. Because Josiah dusted him. 
than Ethan. <laughs> Ethan was, Joe got him beat so good, Joe killing him on the, on, on the sax, because we still waiting for Ethan to do something on the trumpet. He do it once a year, you know. <laughs> and so Joe dusting him on the instruments. And so now we got to deal with the whole running thing. Oh, also Joe dusted him on the basketball court when we went on vacation on the cruise. Joe dusted him on that. Just dust him. So Josiah got you in the instrument department. He got you beat. He got you in the basketball beat. And then Joe ran and beat your time. Here go Ethan. Hey, little bro. Trying to call him little bro. He beat you. Don't call him little bro. Hey, little bro. Um, you could at least you could have told me you was going to run. So what place you came in? Fourth? How you cheat? If everybody running, I mean, if anybody have a legitimate complaint, it's me. Because all of you ran like you were trying to run for the Olympics, and I just walked fast. Well, it's all good. Everybody's still recouping from their running. This is the idea. I'm still, I'm still walking. Mm-hmm. Yesterday I did 7.7 miles I did yesterday. Keep messing with me. Sister Wyatt was rocking and rolling with me yesterday. Go ahead, baby. I was shocked. We were, we, we, we were walking, right? No, you know what I mean. So we were walking, and I kept, you know, I'm always a little bit ahead of her because, you know, I'm a fast walker. That's why them boys, I'm so mad. If I would have ran, they would have seen something else come. But anyway, um, so we were walking, right? And I kept looking back. She was coming. And I kept saying, you want to stop right now? She's like, no, no. We killed it. Seven miles yesterday, so... We kept moving while the young boys are still just running once, once in the blue. But we thank God for the Haskers coming up with such a great idea. And I love the participation. And I appreciate everybody getting involved. We have a group um, chat with our leaders. And I'm sure some of the leaders must have been like, man, I thought we was using this for some other thing. We couldn't help it that day. <laughs> that day, it was serious that day. <laughs> we went back and forth, just, just going back and forth. But thank God. Patrice and Arabia, I don't know what happened to them. They were doing um, one-hour miles. Was that what, what it was, Ethan? You, you said something about Patrice and Arabia. What did they do? One mile, four hours. We don't know what that was. <laughs> one mile, four hours. Brother D, I don't know what that was. Woo! Anyway, thank God for his goodness. Thank God for all he is doing. Somebody say it's offering time. Amen. And so we're going to take our, we're going to do special offering this morning. So get your offering in your hand. Um, I want to mention to you again, those of you that are here and those of you that are um, viewing virtually, um, our satellite Bible school starts today. And, um, you know, one thing I'm going to be, um, pretty okay with when I look, when I stand before the Lord is I feel pretty good about teaching and providing you with enough of the word of God for you to decide what you want to do with it. That I'm okay with. I don't have to worry about the Lord. It's maybe some other things I got to worry about. But as far as did I teach enough or give enough opportunity to you to learn, I think I'm okay in that area. And so CSTI is a satellite Bible school that we run through Christ Center Church. And if you would like to learn more, listen to the key word, Bible school. Bible school, no matter what. Remember, it's 
for your growth. It's for your edification. And usually when we think school, we think uh, degree. I need a degree. You know, I want to make I want it for, because it's going to do something for me. Right. And when I get my degree, I can get me a good job. Well, Bible school is giving you the degree to get to heaven. <laughs> it's, it's, it's equipping your life to, to live for Christ and to be of good use for the kingdom so you can really do what God wants you to do. So you don't lose whether you get a, 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 an accredited Bible school or a non-accredited. Um, our CSTI is it's no different from any Bible school you will go to. We're just not yet accredited. But the lessons that you're learning, and they do issue a diploma. I mean, everything goes on. It's just that it's not an accredited Bible school. But an accreditation means you're doing it because you want to get something uh, secularly obtained. But if, 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 if you're not trying to get something secularly obtained, and you don't need to go to Bible school to be a preacher. So I'm just telling you, it's a great opportunity. You that are listening to us. Um, um, virtually, um, part of service virtually, you that are here, um, you can get involved with CSTI at any time. We start today at 3, and we're doing it via Zoom. So you don't have to worry about coming in person. If you want to come in person, we can do that if you'd like. But if you don't want to come in person, you can do it by Zoom. And so we can be just like all the colleges, most of the colleges throughout America right now, and that is um, attending school via Zoom. So I encourage you to get to be a part of that. Uh, it's going to help you and bless your life. Amen. Offering time. Get your offering in your hand. Amen. Will you stand and let's do our special offering today? Do I need my glasses? Probably not. I should be good. Offering in your hand. All right. Statement of faith decree. I'm sorry. Um, thou shall. Also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy way. That's Job twenty-two twenty-eight, And so we are going to go and declare and decree uh, what the word of God has already said. So as we give this morning, we're just not giving, going through the motion. We're giving, and we're giving with our heart. We're giving and making it worship unto the Lord. You ready to read with me? Ready to declare? Uh-huh, yes. All right, let's declare it. Upon the authority of your word, I have given and it shall be given to me, pressed down, shaken together and running over. I am a tither. I bring my tithe today into your storehouse. Therefore, the enemy is rebuked. The curse is broken. I live under an open heaven. You pour out upon me such a blessing that there is not room enough to receive it. We receive jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, sales and commissions, benefits and settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received. My whole family saved and walking with God. Perfect health and abundance to walk in divine favor and blessing. I am blessed going in. I am blessed going out. All that I do will prosper in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your blessings, for blessing us, for providing for us. Lord, we come to you to give this morning 
a sacrificial offering and tithe as you have commanded unto us. Will you receive it today? And Lord God, will you guide the minds and our thoughts, O oh God, to be able to use it for your purpose and for your kingdom in the way you want us Thank to? You, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Somebody say amen. 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 Baskets are all around the room. Um, you can give um, electronically at ChristCenteredOnline.com, PayPal, Christ Centered Church, Cash App, the dollar sign CCC2711, or you can call Sister Patrice and she can swipe you. Text her, she can swipe you. Amen.
Brother Scarlett, thank you so very much. I respect Brother Scarlett and I love him dearly. You know, none of us in here really knows where God brings us all from. And Brother Scarlett, I don't know all the way where God has brought you from, but I know he's brought you from someplace. And it just does my soul well to watch your life and what you are have been as a, and as example and example to the Lord has just been a blessing and watch your son and your wife worship the Lord together. Sister Josephine, it just I guess it's just the song that brought it out made me saw that this morning. I mean, you always know things, but the song you last sang, I watch how Ethan and his mom um, sung together, even though you were singing as a group. And Gabrielle and you sang as you sang as a group. And I said, look at this. Man, God. It's just a wonderful thing when you can be in the house of God with your family. And your family could be saved and walk with God. And listen, let's look at the Scarlet's situation. Josephine and Gabrielle, the Jones's family. Look at them and know that your family will be together in Christ. God did it for them. He will do it for you because God is no respecter of persons. And so just know that's that's what it looks like. That's where it's going for all of us is that we will be gathered together in the house of the Lord with our families. And we're living for God, serving God together, worshiping God together, because that's God's destiny for every one of us. And it's going to happen. I don't want you to ever doubt that God is for us. Somebody say amen. amen. What an awesome service we had this morning. I am just so grateful. And we've had a great service thus far today. God has been good to us. Join with me. Listen, if you didn't get a chance, listen to our Thursday night Bible study. Listen to it. It will help you. You have no clue uh, when you decide to build an altar and go to that altar and offer up sacrifice and calling upon the name of the Lord, you have no idea what it does for you, what it does for your congregation, the church that you're a part of, and for the lives of the people that you know. It does wonders, and it, and it allows God to work in our midst, because God will do what we ask him to, not what we think he should do. He will do what we ask him to do. That's why he says, ask, and it shall be given. Amen? But a lot of times we're asking not what God wants for our lives. We're asking things that can hurt our lives. And that's why we wonder why sometimes God is not working. You ever stop to think why God is not working? Maybe it's because what I'm asking is not what he wants for my life. Because what he wants for my life is always better than what I think I should have. What God wants for my life is always better than what I think I should have. And so that's very, very important. And so when things are not moving in the way you think it should move, uh, consider that. Sometimes it's just because it's just not time. But also at times it's because what you're asking God is saying, no, not that. I'm going to keep on manifesting things to you so you can get to the place of understanding what I do want for your life. And when you understand that and begin to ask that, then I will do just that. Amen. Hallelujah. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to be with all of you. I greet you all in the wonderful name of Jesus. 
All my kids are in the house of the Lord this morning. That's always a good thing when all my kids are in the house of the Lord. Sons and my one daughter, I love you all. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. If you have your Bibles or you choose to look on the overhead with us, I want you to turn to John chapter 6. John chapter 6, and we will get into the word of the Lord. I greet all of you that are part of this service virtually. Amen. Those of you that are in Florida, that are in Jamaica, um, those of you that are in Guyana, those of you that are in Canada. Oh, I, I better say this before I get in trouble. Sister Thomas called me yesterday. She checked in with her pastor. <laughs> she called me yesterday. She said to say hello to everybody. She said, say hello to um, 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 Sister Kellyman. She said, say hello to Sister Yvonne. She, <laughs> she's running down the names now. I'm going to forget names. <laughs> oh, she did the same thing to you. She's telling me to tell everybody hi. So listen to me. Mama Thomas says hello to everyone. And she says she's doing just fine. And she missed all of you. And so I want to make sure I don't get in trouble. So I want to tell you all that today. So make sure... You don't forget that I told you that she loves you and she miss you, but she's doing just fine. Don't forget to share our live stream um, right now. Just share it with your friends and your family. Um, you might think that they don't want to hear it, but if you share it with them, they might just start listening and something might just happen. So don't go by what you think of them. Just do what you know is right. Share the live stream with your family and friends. Will you stand and let's read the word of the Lord. John chapter six, verse number one says this. After these things, Jesus went over the sea of Galilee, which is the sea of Tiberias. I was there and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. Let's jump down to verse number five. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Jesus knew what he was up to the whole time, but every once in a while he threw. I love that about him. That's a one of the ways of God. Remember, I always tell you, you might not know all of the scriptures, but if you study God and who he is, you will learn some ways about him. And one of the ways that you need to know about God that I chuckle with him all the time about is him asking questions that he didn't want to answer to. He just asked the question so you would think about it. That's that's a way of God. So God will start asking you when God asks you a question. It's not because he don't know the answer and he wants you to give him the answer. No, that's not it. He asked you a question so you will begin to think. So you will begin to pay attention to what's getting ready to happen. So learn that about God. So when God asks you a question, don't start trying to figure out the answer. He already know the answer. Just if you want to be smart like Ezekiel, just say, you know, Lord. That's that's the psychology. You can play with him. You know, Lord. So you asking me like I'm supposed to know, you know, but he will ask questions all the time just to get you thinking and paying attention. Verse seven, Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. 
One of the, his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, There is a lad here which had five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. Say 5,000. Men. It didn't say anything about children. didn't say anything about women. So <laughs> get that picture in your mind. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down. And likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. They ate as much as they could. So the over 5,000 people were fed. I mean, they ate good. They, they, they weren't hungry afterwards. They, they ate more than enough. They had seconds. They, they, can I get some more of that bread? Can you send some more fish over here? They ate plenty. Let's jump down to verse 24. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when comest thou hither? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him had God the Father sealed. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for allowing us this great privilege to be in your presence and to be able to worship you in the beauty of holiness. I thank you for what you have done for us thus far. And Lord, I pray that you'll receive our worship, receive our praise, continue to pour out upon us, continue to allow your power to manifest among us. I pray, Lord God, that you will demonstrate, if you will, among us your miracles, signs and wonders, Lord God, and that none of us, Lord God, will go from this place the same way we came in. But let there be a divine intervention, a touch from you, a move of your spirit within our soul that we will be different and that we will draw nigh unto you and that, Lord God, we will have clear direction as to what you have asked us to do. I pray, Lord, that you'll bless and move upon us in a special way. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everyone say amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you this morning on this topic. What kind of seeker are you? What kind of seeker are you? As Jesus crossed over the Sea of Galilee, a multitude followed him because they saw the miracles he did. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Have you paid attention lately and just begin to reflect on things that you know only Jesus could have done that? Have you reflected lately on the 
great things God has done for you, for others? Have you reflected on how good God has been? Have you understand or are, do you understand what God is capable of? I know we show up and it says a lot about us showing up, but, but do you understand what God is capable of? Everywhere he went, there were throngs who followed him because of the wonderful works of the power that he wrought. That did not mean they recognized who he was. There's many people that God is doing miracles in their lives. He's doing wonderful works around them and they still don't know who he is. They think he's in the Trinity. He is. Jesus is the second person in the Trinity. That's what they think. That's that. They don't know him. They just know that he can do miracles. And so many people are following because of what he can do. But they don't know him because they still think that he is three in one. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be careful about what we're caught up in. Are we caught up in what he can do? Are, are we caught up in who he is? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. They were stirred from what they saw. Their curiosity arose and sometimes their, their heart was kind of interested. Uh-huh. Could he be the prophet? Some kind of prophet. Is he Elijah? Or indeed, is he the Messiah who was promised? Throughout Jesus' time on the earth and until now, many have followed and are still following him, seeking after him for different reasons. We're all here today. But I challenge you to ask yourself a truthful question and say, why am I here today? Why did I come here today? Why did I get dressed and drove here today? Why am I sitting here and listening today? Why don't you ask yourself that? You may know the answer or the truth, but is it really why you came this morning? You may know the truth, but is it really why you came this morning? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The text we read point this very thing out of people seeking Jesus for different reasons. The first group in the text sought him for the miracles he did because they saw the miracles. And before I go any further in this message this morning, I want you to stop and understand and agree and declare that Jesus is a miracle worker. I want you to st stop right here and take a moment to, to really understand that Jesus really is a miracle worker. 
There is no situation that you're up against. There is no circumstance that you're dealing with. There is no need that you have that the miracle working God cannot do for you. Jesus is a miracle working God. Jesus can do exceeding, abundant, above whatever we can even ask or think. Because he's a miracle working God. Your miracle that you have been wanting may not be so far away. I know you may have been going to church for quite a while and you've been praying about something for quite a while and you've been seeking God for something for quite a while and even sometimes you forgot about it. At times you may even got frustrated and says, I can't anymore, but I'm here to remind you that Jesus is a miracle worker and he still does miracles. He knew what you needed before you knew you needed it. When he saw the people coming, before they even said one word, he started making plans uh, to be able to provide the need for them. And even when he made plans, uh, it's not that he was preparing to say, oh, let me figure out how I'll do this. He started making plans so everybody can put their attention on what he's getting ready to do. Because when God does miracles, uh, he's doing miracles, yes, to bless you. Yes, to take care of your need. But he's also doing miracles uh, that you will come to know who he is. Help us, Jesus. He is a miracle worker. God is a miracle worker. Do you need a miracle today? Is there anybody in the house that needs a miracle or you're going to keep depending on yourself to get it done? Is there anybody in the house that need God to do something supernatural or you're just going to keep on trying to do it on your own? Are you going to try to keep working it out yourself and trial and error and keep on trying to say, I'll figure it out? Or will you go to Jesus and say, God, you are the miracle worker and I know you can work a miracle. A little more about his ways again. Part of his way and nature, how he goes about things. John Carlo, give you a secret. I gave you one secret this morning already about Jesus that he will ask you questions, not because he wants to answer, but to try to get you to understand what's going on so he can do something. But here's the other thing that I will bring to your attention about Jesus. In order for him to do what he's going to do in your life miraculously it must come down to the place and the point John Carlo when we come to the place admitting that we can't and because mankind is so prideful we never get to the place to say I can't we're always trying to figure it out the mind we have that God gave us is always trying to work it and try to figure it out. And so we never say we can't. We never say, oh, I will never be able to. We're always figuring out a way or we go seek somebody, a human that could help us. And that's not the way of God. So what he does a lot of times, Stacy, is just let us go. Go. Because you will not rest until you figure it out. So if you think you can figure it out, keep on going. So a lot of times, John Carter, why we're not seeing the miracles is because we have not admitted that we can't. 
So one way that you need to learn about God, if you want your miracle, is to get on your knees, is to get at your altar and begin to say, God, not play games because he knows your heart. Not play games, but get on your knees and begin to pray and say, God, I have been stupid. I have been silly. I've been ignorant. I've been trying to do it on my own. I've been prideful trying to take matters in my own hands that I know I have no control over, but I surrender today and I give it to you because I realize that I don't have the power. I can't work the miracle that needs to be done in my life. And so God, from this day on, I give it to you and I ask you to help me because I need a miracle. I need a miracle. Somebody, if you need a miracle, you have to surrender to God. You cannot continue in the way you're going and trying to figure it out on your own. You will never see the miracle of God. God is not in competition with anybody. And when you're trying to figure it out, he sits back and says, go ahead, because I'm not in competition with you. If you think you can do it, go ahead and do it. And so if we want to see a miracle, we have to stop and say, I need a miracle, Lord. I, I, I can't do this. Every time I read about a miracle in the Bible, I read about someone who realized I can't. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? If you know your Bible, she'd been sick for over 12 years. They said she spent all that she had going to different doctors. Uh-huh. Everything she had, she spent trying to get healed. The question is, why didn't God just heal her? He knew she needed to be healed. I'm trying to teach you something about his ways. Why didn't he just heal her? Because she never went to him and says, I can't. She never went to him and says, it's just not working. We don't have the resource. We cannot do it. Until you go to him and says, we just can't. We don't have the resource. We don't have the mind. We are not capable, Lord, but you are. And that's why we're coming to you. Until we get to that place, we will not see our miracle. But God is a miracle worker. Because we haven't seen our miracle, it doesn't mean he's not a miracle worker. The question is, have we gone his way to look to him to say, God, I need a miracle. I can't do this. And you can't go casually. Remember, I'm trying to get you to understand. You cannot go casually to God saying, I need a miracle just because you heard me say it. You have to believe in your heart, in your soul, in your spirit that you know that you need a miracle and only he can do it. And you cannot and nobody else can help you. You have to know that. And when you go to him like that, you will get your miracle. Mm-hmm. The woman with this, your blood, she knew that. Blind Bartimaeus, he knew that. You need Jesus for your miracle. Jesus is interested in your need, your need and my need. He's interested in our need. He will show up where there is a need. And so what is your need? Will you ask in faith today? Will you seek in faith today? Because you have a need from Jesus Christ. And it's important for you to understand, is it a need or you just bringing him just some old stuff? That he says, you don't need that in your life. There are things that you don't need in your life that you're trying to get in your life. And Jesus is not going to approve of it. And so it hasn't happened yet. Maybe because he's saying that's not what you need in your life. 
God's compassion towards us is amazing. Listen to me, somebody. I'm going to speak to you right now. And I want you to hear me and hear me good. God wants to communicate this to somebody this morning right now. If you are in a particular difficult and trying circumstance and you are wondering if God has forgotten or if he has lost all interest in you. Let me tell you this. If you have trusted him, if you have just 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 put your mind on him and know that he can your Lord and Savior will. His heart is always towards you. And he knows what is going to happen if you will trust him. Because he already know what to do for you. He's not trying to figure out what to do for you. He is not going to let you down. He is not going to leave you in a lurch. It may seem as though there is no possible way of meeting your present need. But he knows. What he will do. God is not searching for a way to help you. God is not trying to figure out a way to help you. God is not trying to get all of his stuff together to, to then work something for you. God already know what to do for you. We look at the things that we can see and we become so discouraged and disturbed as we take circumstances into account. But our blessed Lord is never affected by our circumstances. There are no circumstances that God is affected by. It doesn't matter how bad it seems. I don't care what you think. I don't care what has gone on in the past. There are no circumstances that God looks at and says, oh, I could have done that, but oh my how am I going to work that? Because he doesn't have to put his finger over his mouth and think and figure out how he's going to do it. There's not a circumstance in your life that prevents God from doing what he wants to do in your life. So as soon as you begin to start thinking in your mind, I would, but how in the world? I want you to keep asking that. How in the world can this ever change? How in the world can this be ever done? I'll pause right here and to say to some of you, some of your situation has prolonged for a long time. But God is not answered yet. Don't you give up on God. Don't you walk away from God because what you've been praying for, what you've been hoping for has not been done yet. Because God moves on his time, not on your time. He knows just when to do it, not when you think he should do it. Don't you walk away from God. Don't you give up on God. Don't you curse God and think that God has forsaken you and he's not doing what you need. Don't you do it because God does things on his own timetable. Mm-hmm. So I want you to trust God. And there are no circumstance. I don't care what it is. I don't care how you grew up. I don't care what the odds are against you. I don't care what has happened to you. I don't care what hurt you have. God can go in the deep parts of your heart. He can go and cause things to happen in your life that will transform you. That will cause you to be different. That will cause you to forget. That will cause you to be healed. That will cause you to be strong. God can do what seems to you to be impossible. It is possible with God because all things are possible with God. And so 
Don't think of your circumstance when you pray. Don't think of how difficult it seems when you pray. That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is just to go and say, I can't. And I won't try to figure out no other way because I can't. When you say you can't, but you're still trying. We're praying for our building. And to me, I'm a thinker. It seems impossible right now. We need $1.7 million to purchase a property up the street. And that doesn't seem likely. We don't have the 1.7. We pray and we believe and hope that we will receive it. It ain't here yet. We don't know how it will come. We've sent out letters to say, hey, will you consider being a sponsor of our church? No response yet. We're here. We don't know what's going to happen with this place. But God, but God, and every time I pray, I say, God, you know, every time I pray, I say, God, you send us here. So you will guide us the entire time. You will take us through the whole process. I said, God, you know, we don't know, but you know, I said, when I get a call to go someplace, Lord, I go because I don't know if it's you or not. And so I will go. I don't just sit around and say, I got to figure it out. I'm not trying to figure it out. I just go when God says go or when I hear that I should go. And whatever God is going to do, he will do. But I already know the, the situation that's before us, it's impossible. Impossible. It's impossible to come up with $1.7 million and we don't know millionaires that's just willing to throw it to us. It's impossible. But that's with us. With us, it's impossible. With us, it's impossible. But I'm holding God to it because I, I remember I read in the Bible where when it was time for him to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt where they've been for 400 years in bondage. I remember when it was time for him to deliver them. He told them, go and borrow from the people of Egypt, your enemies, go and borrow from them. And guess what? And they borrowed from them and God delivered them. And so I'm here to tell you that God will take from others that are not saved and give to you. And I know that's the word of God. And so there are people that God will send to us uh, to be a blessing to us that we don't even know that well. There are people that God will cause uh, to give to us that we don't even know that well. Because he's done it before, he can do it again. I know that about him. I know he works miracle. And if he seems to do it a different way, then let him do it a different way. But I know he's a miracle working God. God is a miracle working God. Somebody say amen. And so I want you to trust God. He's a miracle worker. I want you to trust him. He's a miracle worker. Listen, when he used those five loaves and two fishes to feed well over 5,000 people, that was a miracle. <laughs> Help me somebody. When he parted the Red Sea for the children of Israel to go on the other side, that was a miracle. When he manifests himself from spirit to human, that was a miracle. When he saved me and he saved you, that was a miracle because God is a miracle working God. What are miracles? We keep talking about miracles, miracles, signs and wonders and events. 
which unmistakably involve. This is what it involves, a miracle, a sign, a wonder. This is what it involves. It involves an immediate and powerful action of God designed to reveal his character or purpose. So if somebody was to come sit in this congregation one morning and they, we don't know them, doesn't matter what they look like, and God says, that's your person that's going to give you $1.7 million. That's a miracle because what did he do? He caused an action. He moved on somebody to do what he wanted done. And that simply just means we are supposed to say, that's our God. We're supposed to be able to see what has happened and realize it was God that did it. So often God does great things and we focus on what he has done and not focus on him. So often God has done things uh, that blessed our lives uh, and we focus on the blessings uh, and not on the blesser. Many people can be more blessed than they are today, but God already know your personality. And your personality is, uh, I'm more worried and concerned about the blessing and not the blesser. And so God is ready sometimes to just bless you and to pour out upon you. But guess what? He loved you too much to allow you to be consumed with the blessings and be lost eternally. So when it comes down to it, you leave God no choice but to just give you just a little bit. Because if he gives you too much, you will be consumed and concerned with the much and not with him. Uh huh. Uh huh. But I've got good and I got I've got a, a, a word for you. If you will get closer to him, if you will begin to do the things that draw you closer to him, if you begin to do the things that help you to know him more, the closer you get to God, the more He entrusts you with a lot of stuff. The closer you get to God, the more he entrusts you with a lot of stuff. You don't believe that. The closer you get to God, the more he entrusts you with a lot of stuff. Why? Because you're proving that what makes you happy, what gets you going, what concerns you is him and not the stuff. So when you get close to him, when you seek to be close to him, uh, he can entrust you with more. Because what he's saying is, I know whatever I give to you, you'll give. Listen, I don't have anything. But you know what my mindset is? I don't want a whole lot right now. The what little I have right now consume me too much. (laughs) The what little I have consume me too much. I don't want a whole lot. I would tell you a story, but I don't want you to take it the wrong way. All right, let me tell it to you. Hope you don't take it the wrong way. So for a long time, I wouldn't mess with timeshares. Because I always felt like, why well, I got to pay maintenance fee? And then I finally figured out when I started taking vacation regularly, timeshares... Here I go now, into some old stuff now. Timeshare only works for people that take vacation regularly. If you don't take it regularly, it don't work for you. Because maintenance fee, I think we pay $1,100 or something like that. We have timeshare with Marriott. And you're paying maintenance fee every year, $1,100. So 
The bottom line is if you if I take a vacation every year where I'm going to stay, it's going to cost me that for a week or more. So then now it doesn't matter. I'm okay with it. Now, if I wasn't going all the time to vacation, if I wasn't taking it, I wouldn't. Have, I, so for years, I wouldn't do it. And so finally, I look at the, the consistency of my life in how often I take um, uh, vacation. I realize, Wayne, you might as well do it because look at the consistency. You do it every year anyway, and look at how much you spend. I mean, some years when I go on a cruise, I don't want to tell you how much I spend, but I pay it off over the years. And so I said, you might as well do it. But here's the problem. COVID came, and I had to make sure I was on top of my game, but I wasn't on top of my game. So here's what they did to me the other day. So I called to say, yo, you see, COVID came, so let me carry over my points for the next year. Oh, I'm sorry, your time has passed for you to carry over your points. I said, you must be out of your mind. I said, COVID is here. Just cancel. Well, I don't, give me your supervisor. So I had to speak to somebody. They said, oh, Mr. Wyo, we do understand. And so in about 24 hours, I got a letter. Your points are carried over. So it's all good. I'm, but why am I telling you this? I had to worry about carryover points. I had to call them up. I had to be paying attention to that. You see what I'm saying? I don't have anything. But I'm trying to show you something. It consumes your time. It gets you all on some other stuff. So just imagine people that really have stuff. If God was to give you stuff, if God was to bless you with stuff, what time would you have for him? That's just one thing I'm naming. One thing. Just think about you got that going. You got your job going that you got to request vacation time and set it up just right. You got a lot of stuff. We all got a lot of stuff going. You got car that need to be maintenance. All this stuff you got. All this stuff that's going on in your life. And we're saying, God bless me. God take care of me. And God is saying, are you kidding me? If I do it, you just be consumed and you'll never do my will. And you'll never get to heaven. So we need to take a step back and realize God is a miracle working God. But what kind of miracle do you want from him? Is it miracle of stuff that you can say, I have stuff and be consumed with stuff that you're going to be missing out? Or is it miracles that you say, God, I want to see my auntie save. I want to see my uncle save. I want to see my relatives, my neighbors. I want to see them. Oh, God, walking with you. That's what I want to see. God, I want to be used by you to tell somebody about the gospel and they get saved. God, I want to be able to pray like I've never been able to pray so I can stand in the gap for my community. What about those things? What about those things? Or are we just going to keep on asking God to bless us? Miracles, historic events or natural phenomena which appear to violate natural laws. So when God does something, it's like nothing else. Let me finish up here. The miracles of Jesus represents his grace and his compassion. The miracles of Jesus represents his grace and his compassion. We can experience his grace and compassion in our life, but never receive his truth, his salvation, and his fellowship. God wants you to know him. 
God wants you to know truth. God wants you to walk in truth. God wants you to be saved. And God wants you to have fellowship with him. And that's what he wants. And that is important. And so while miracles are great, and while God shows us compassion, compassion and miracles are temporary. Rayon. Miracles and compassion, they're temporary. What do you mean by that, preacher? There's coming a day where the Bible talks about the catching away. That all the saved people that are living right and right with God, he's going to catch them away out of the earth. And the church, which is everybody that are saved, will meet him. The dead in Christ shall rise. We'll all meet him and we'll all be caught away into heaven with him and the earth will be left with everybody else. His presence will no longer be in the earth. If his presence is not here, no miracles will be here. So miracles won't be here and his presence won't be here. So no compassion, nothing. It will be just dry with no presence of God. So his presence, his miracles, his compassion will not always be here present in this earth. But his truth, his salvation and his fellowship, we will always be with that. That will always be with us. We will always be involved with that. So having his presence, having, having to fellowship with him, having, having to be saved, his truth, walking his truth, that is eternal. So his truth, our salvation, and also uh, uh, fellowship with him, those are eternal things. I want miracles. I want all my kids be living for God. I want all my kids be in the church doing stuff for God. Not just, not just be an unlooker. I want them to be involved serving God. I want my kids uh, to worship like nobody else is worshiping. I want my kids to walk in truth and love God and helping somebody else get saved. Uh, I want my other family members say, that's what I want. Those are miracles that I want. And I trust God for it. His grace and compassion, I love it, and that's good, but it's only temporary. Back in John 6.25, and when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when comest thou hither? They called him Rabbi. Remember what I told you, that Rabbi means teacher. So when you begin to call God teacher, you, you, you're not in a good place. Teacher means you're saying, give me, give me, give me. My name is Jimmy. Teacher means give me some teachings. Teacher means yeah, give to me what you can give to me because that's what teacher does. And when the teacher has taught you, guess what you do? All right, teacher, thanks, appreciate it. And you're gone. So calling Jesus rabbi, teacher, it means I only want what you can give me right now. If you can educate me, educate me. If you can give me something, give me something. But when I'm done, I'm out. I don't want to just know him as rabbi. Uh-huh. That, that's not the way I want to go. I, I, I want to approach him where I'm, I'm, I'm asking him about him. Not, not, not about what he can do for me, but, but I want to know about you, Lord. 
They weren't interested in him. They were interested in what he can do for them or what he can give them. And that's why they addressed him as rabbi. Jesus used this opportunity to reveal his testimony to explain the real reason for his coming to the earth. He saw through their apparent interests. He knew what was really in their heart. Very often people attend church services talking religiously. But what's in their heart are something totally different and has nothing to do with the things of God. They pretended like their real interest was in Christ, but he knew they were only thinking of loaves and fishes. Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me, not because ye saw the miracles. Now they moved on from the miracles. They done got comfortable with the miracles. Oh, yeah, God do that kind of stuff. But because you did eat of the loaves, we just want to worry about the things that's current. What we like to say? Uh, recency bias. And so they were experiencing recency bias because Jesus just multiplied the loaves and the fishes. They're saying, "Woo, let's do that again. They forgot about the miracles. At this point, the people who are seeking Jesus are not seeking him for his miracles. They may be no longer impressed by the miracles, but they were seeking him for the food he can provide for them. Uh-huh. They hope he would continue to meet their temporal needs, but he was concerned about their spiritual need. For after all, temporal need is only for a little while. But if a man live and die without their spiritual need being met, their distress will continue throughout all eternity. Huh. So Jesus tried to help them. In verse 27, he says, labor not for the meat. Which perished. He, he didn't mean labor like you're doing some hard work. He says labor not means seek not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him had God the Father sealed. He said labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life. Jesus pointed out that there are two kinds of food, food for the body, which is necessary, but the most important and, but 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 not the most important food for the body is needed, but it's not the most important, uh, but food for the inner man, the spirit, which is essential. It's what's needed. The people needed the, 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 the need of the people was for the food that will give them eternal life. And it's a gift called eternal life. Food sustains life in the body, but Jesus gives eternal life. The disciples may have been impressed. That so many people stayed through a storm in order to seek their master, but Jesus was not impressed. They looked like they were doing the right things. They looked like they were, you know, all good. Listen to me. You can impress people by your actions because they don't know what's in your heart. Hear me, church. You can impress people by what you do, but you don't know what's in their heart. You can impress people by what you see them doing. Everybody can put on a little act. Everybody can put on the front. Everybody can do their thing to say, look at what I've done. But what's in their heart could be a whole different ball game. And so you got to ask yourself, what am I doing? Am I putting on an act? Or are my motives godly? 
Are my actions godly? And that's what Jesus is looking for from all of us. Is my heart right when I do what I do? Are my motives right? Are my motives godly? Are my heart, is my heart just right with God? Or I'm just putting on a front for everybody. He knows the human heart. Jesus does. He he knew the people originally followed him because of his miracles. But now their motives was to get fed. Even if they were attracted only by miracles, at least they still had a possibility to be saved. I said this this morning. I'll say it to you and I'm almost done here. As the pastor of this church. You can't fool me. You're not fooling me because if I'm paying attention and doing my job like God called me to do, which is to pray for you, spiritually watch over you, help you and, 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 and reach out to you, minister to you, all of that stuff. I know what's going on in your life spiritually. When he wants to show me personal things, he will. But spiritually, I know what's going on in your life. And because I don't come to you and point out stuff, don't mean I'm ignorant to what's going on. But I'm trying to be the best version of what Jesus want me to be. Remember, I told you, Judas walked with Jesus three years. Stealing the money. You think Jesus didn't know? But he never approached him and said, yo, Judas. Yo, man, put the money back. You keep taking out our money. Put the money back. Jesus never approached Judas. You know what Jesus kept doing? Kept preaching. You know what Jesus kept doing? Kept doing miracles. You know what Jesus kept? Jesus kept being an example. Hoping Judas would catch on and says, I got to stop this. I, I, I got to stop taking him. I got to get it right. But Judas never did. And the same thing with these people. They were following Jesus for the miracles, for the healing and for the food. They were following him for the miracles, not because of him. But he never told him, get away from me. He never got mad and says, just just get out of my life because you all are only following me for the food and the miracles. I'm reminded of a scripture that Jesus had to flip the script on somebody just so they could realize why they need to look his way. In John chapter three, verse number one, the word of the Lord says, there was a man of the Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi. You see how that word? Nicodemus said, Rabbi, those people that were following, following him for the miracles and, and, and for, for the food, they all said, Rabbi. So understand this. When you are following Jesus, what he can do for you, you're saying rabbi without saying rabbi. (laughs) When you're following Jesus because you want him to do something for you or you want him to give you something, you're just like them. You're following him because you want to get him to do something for you. By the way, can I tell you this? You can't get Jesus to do what what, what you want. He couldn't be God if that's the case. Even... If it's something that is will, he's going to do it. And he's asking you to pray and ask. But the bottom line is you can't twist his arm to do something that you want. Because he's God almighty and he knows what needs to be done. Verse number two, two, the, the, the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. Watch this. For no man can do these miracles 
They call them rabbi like those other people call them rabbi. And then they talk about miracles like those other people talk about miracles. That thou doest except God be with him. But I love Jesus' response. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So this man came seeking Jesus for miracles. Jesus responded by telling him, you need to get saved. Church, I got to tell you. You can't. Yes, you can. So let me not phrase it that way. It's not wise to continue to be a part of the church service and not take the first step, which is after you get to know who Jesus is. That you repent of your sins and get baptized in Jesus' name and get filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is essential. That, that must be done. And if we're going to be a part of the, the, the church and we're going to sit and listen to the preaching, we can't overlook that and think about all the other stuff. Jesus is the one that's pointing that out. This guy came to Jesus and said, yo, I like the miracles you're doing, man. Talk to me about the miracles. Jesus didn't even entertain him. He flipped the script on him and says, listen, you can't enter into the kingdom of God without being born again. Listen to what Nicodemus responded. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus is responsible. He is concerned about us being saved and entering into the kingdom than the miracles. I want miracles too. I'm sure you want miracles too. And don't get this twisted. The greatest miracle any of us can experience is being saved. Salvation. So I'm putting that miracle aside because most of us don't come to him for say, isn't that something? That's why he got Nicodemus like that. Most of us come to him. Oh, God, help us. It's a trend. It, 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 it's, 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 it's something wrong in our character. A flaw in our character, John Carlo, that we continue to go to Jesus for selfish reasons and what we want. But the good news here today is I'm preaching that. So we all now can realize we are just built that way. For whatever the reasons are, Adam and Eve sinned, and now here we are today. We're built to want to go to Jesus to say, give me something for me and overlook what's important for us. Because what's the most important thing for us is that we know Jesus and that we get saved. But somehow we overlook that and want to go to Jesus for what we desire, what we think we should have, and what we want. So understand it about you. I'm understanding that about me, that it's automatic for me to go to the Lord wanting something selfish. So I got to check myself every time. What am I going to him for now? Is this selfish? Is this just to make me feel good? Is this something just for me to have? Or is it something that's needful, that's eternal, that's godly? And you can dress up anything you want to make it godly, but you're only deceiving yourself. There are two kinds of seekers. Those who seek Jesus for what he can do for them, what they want him to do, which is temporal things. Then there are those who seek Jesus to know him, to do his will, to have fellowship with him. 
And I finish and close at this text. Stay with me. James. James chapter 4. James chapter 4, verse number 3 says this. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. Most of the times we're asking God for things that are ungodly. Most of the times we're asking God for things that are selfish. Most of the times we're asking God for things that satisfy our pleasure, our desire. Most of the time we're asking God for things for our own benefit and we overlook what we really need. I'm here to tell you this morning, if you're not saved, above all thing else, you need to get saved. I'm here to tell you whatever you have in your heart, in your mind that you're trying to obtain, if it doesn't have anything to do with the kingdom of God, you need to refocus and say, God, help me to see and understand the things that are essential to the kingdom of God. We need to become seekers of Jesus Christ, seekers of his truth, seekers of salvation. Seekers of fellowship with him. Seekers of doing his will. Not seekers to obtain what he can give us. Not seekers to receive pleasurable things. But if you seek him for his will, you seek him for his purpose, you seek him for salvation, you seek him for fellowship, he will still give you things that are pleasurable to you. Because at that point in time, those things will not control you and rule you and cause you to back away from him. So I don't want you to think today God is not ready to bless you with things that you desire that is good. I'm not here to tell you that he won't do it. But he cannot do it or he will not do it until you can handle it. And the way you can handle it is get close to him. The way you can handle it is the kingdom comes first. The way you can handle it is fellowship with him. The way you can handle it is having a grip on salvation. That's the way you will handle all the blessings that he can give to you. That is just for your own pleasure. I want you to take a few moments before we go today and just talk to the Lord. And seek him. True. Seek it after God. And not that seeking for what we've always done. God bless me. God help me. God touch me. But seeking him for his purpose and his will in, the, in, in your life. Seeking him for fellowship. Seeking him for salvation. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for, Lord God, making your word plain and clear that we will know, oh God, what we ought to do. And God, we've come this morning to seek you. To, 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 to seek you, to know you, Lord God. We're not asking, Lord God, for our selfish desires. But what we're asking, Lord God, is for your will to be done in our lives. What we're asking for, Lord God, is to have a more intimate relationship with you. What we're asking for, Lord, is to 
have constant fellowship with you. What we're asking for, Lord, is to be saved. What we're asking for, Lord, is more truth that we will walk in truth, that we will walk in righteousness, that we will walk in fellowship with you, Lord God, that we will keep our focus on you, Lord God. Lord, there's somebody that's watching. There's somebody that's here in this room, Lord God, that you want to surrender to you, that you want to give their life to you. Will you speak to them now and let them know, Lord God, first things first. And the first thing is, now that they know who you are, that you're the almighty God manifest in flesh. Now that they know, Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus that they will understand that they must repent, that they must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and that Lord you are waiting willingly to fill them to baptize them with your spirit Lord God I pray today in the name of Jesus that something will change within our soul within our spirit that we will not be the same again that Lord this will not just be another word another message oh that we've heard that the scriptures we read will not just be some words on paper but God that our our whole life will be challenged and consumed and overwhelmed by your spirit, by your word, and by your power. Lord, have your way. Will you bring us closer to you, Lord God? Will you bring us closer to you, Lord God? Will you allow us, oh God, to understand our purpose? We want fellowship with you, Lord God. We want to live for you, almighty God. We want to serve you. And we want to have a great impact in the lives of the people that we encounter. Will you have your way today, Lord God? Will you help us today, Lord God, that we will not leave the same way, but that change will happen even now. Let change take place within us right now, Lord God. As we go from this place, I pray, Lord God, that your will be done, your kingdom come, and that, Lord, we will never be the same again. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody lift your hands unto the Lord and just surrender to him right now. We're going to walk out of here in just a moment, but before you walk out of here, can you just surrender to him? Just open your mouth and say, God, I surrender to you. Will you open your mouth and just say, God, I surrender to you. No longer my will will I seek after. No longer will I go after what I think I should go after. But I humble myself, Lord God. Yes, I want miracles. Yes, I want to be fed. But God, more than being fed, more than miracles, I want you. More than miracles, more than being fed, I want to have fellowship with you. More than miracles, more than being fed, Lord God, I want to walk in salvation. More than miracles, more than being fed, I want to know more of your truth, Lord God. I want to walk in more of your truth, Lord God. Oh, yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let it be so, Lord. 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 In the name of Jesus. Have your way. Have your way. Lord, bless the homes that are represented here today in person. Those that are, oh God, apart via live stream. I pray that you'll bless them. I pray that your hand be upon them. I pray that change will take place in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus we love you Lord we thank you Jesus we bless your name Lord there is none like you 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 
We worship you, Lord, and we adore you, Lord. Oh, we bless your name. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy and your kindness. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Just take a few more seconds. We're going to be dismissed shortly. Oh, hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. Have your way today, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah. Father God, we love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for your blessings, oh God. We thank you for your mercies. We thank you for your love, O oh God. We thank you for being so good to us, Lord. Lord God, we ask you, Lord God, for covering up in our lives and everything that we do, that you will continue to keep us, that your hands will be upon us, O oh God, that you will protect us, O oh God. We ask you, Lord God, that you will dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence, Lord God. Help us, O oh God, to always seek after you, Lord God, and that we'll continue to seek the things thereafter, God. We ask your blessing upon every person in this congregation, those that are watching via, O oh God, our online services. I pray you will continue to bless them likewise, O oh God. We ask you, Lord God, to bring us back here, Lord God, the next time we gather, Lord God, so we can give you glory and honor. We ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name. Lord bless you. We love you. We thank you for tuning with us today. Amen. You're dismissing Jesus' name. Praise God.